going on in the realm uh, in above you, below you, and around you. We don't know what's happening. But we also know, even though we don't see it, the Word of God tells us in the Word of God that the world that we live in right now was spoken into existence and it still exists today by the Word of God. The Logos Word of God is spoken out, turning in to the Rhema Word of God. It literally is what is holding the Scripture together. And the Scripture puts it like this in Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 3. It says, through faith, we understand that the worlds, notice that there, it's capital, the worlds were framed by the word of God. You need to underline worlds. See, some things we read through in the scripture and we don't see it. There, that word there for world, it means cosmos, cosmos uh, or, or aeon. It means a social system or the ages. And what? The writer of Hebrews is telling us is that there are several different ages and it is by faith that we understand that these ages or this cosmos system that we're living in now was framed by the word of God. And it was done in such a way so that the things that you see are not made of the things that appear. It's deceiving really when you begin to look at the, the, the natural realm and try to decipher how is this happening in the natural realm. I've used it like this before, that when you're sitting on a pew, you are not sitting on a pew or on a piece of wood. You're sitting on a bunch of atoms and a bunch of molecules that come together that creates what you see. And what it's made out of, you can't see it, but something that you can't see now becomes a, a tangible, touching thing. So those things that are not in uh, that does not show up in the natural realm, they actually exist in the spiritual realm, and when they come together, they manifest in the physical realm. Are y'all following me tonight? Amen. So when things begin to come together in the heavenly realm, that's when it will manifest in the natural realm. And what God has been trying to get done in our church and in many other churches, and even in this hour, is to get a breakthrough. Everybody, hold out and say breakthrough. God is wanting to have a breakthrough from the heavenlies to where what is in the heavenlies trying to come together and unite will begin to manifest out in the spiritual world. So we see there that the worlds are made of things that are not seen. And they, are, they weren't made of the things that appear. They were made of things that don't seem. They were made of things that are not seen and that do not appear. You do not see an atom and you don't see a molecule, but we know that it is there because when they come together, they create a piece of wood. Amen. So that's powerful. I mean, how many would agree with that? It's powerful. So that that you see that is happening right now is what is appearing is because there's something in the unknown realm, an unseen realm, that is coming together and making it appear. If there's a riot, there's something that's going on in the natural in the supernatural realm that is causing it to come and manifest itself in this realm. If there is lethargy in the church, there's something going on in the heavenly realm that is coming together in unity and breaking through so it would manifest here in this world. Am I going too fast for anybody? Anybody with me tonight? Say amen. So I want you to understand this. You need to understand what I'm saying because everything that you see that appears, it only appears out of something that has happened in the spiritual world. God began to do something and he shows us and that's how he moves in that area. But I want you to understand something. Those things that look like wood right here today, 
and appears like wood, it won't last forever. Amen? The longer that pew sits there, the more it deteriorates. The longer it sits there, the more the elements get a hold of it, the more it ages and the more it deteriorates and it passes away in the natural realm. But when it passes away, the things that make it up still exist. Are y'all following me tonight? I'm trying to help you. You got me? Amen. So, although you see it manifesting in the, the natural realm and you see it breaking down in the natural realm does not mean that what made it does not still exist. It's still there. Amen. Everybody say it's still there. So when Jesus was able to come and unite some things in the spiritual realm and by his word say, be thou clean and a leper be clean and move in the power of the healing and a leper walked away from their clean, it does not mean because that leper died and went to heaven later on that the ability to bring those things together in the spiritual realm and make a manifest in the natural realm does not still exist. It does still exist. Can you say amen? So we still have it in the spiritual realm. Everybody say it's out there. Amen. So the world is to be created by the unseen or the supernatural. It tells us that there is a lot of power out there in that realm. There's a lot of power in the supernatural realm above us, around us, below us. And God is wanting us to tap into that realm. Are you all with me tonight? Amen. So things in the natural realm are fleeting. They can be gone tomorrow. But everything in the spiritual realm, the supernatural realm, they are permanent. They're eternal. When God spoke his word 6,000 years ago and he said, let there be light, that word is still holding this world into existence and it is still performing what God wants it to perform. And it's still just as real today in the, in, uh, the supernatural world as it was in the natural world 4,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago. So what that means is, is if it happened before in the Bible, it can happen again here. Amen. So if we can have a revival and we can bring about healing as Jesus did one time on this earth, we can do it again here on this earth. Someone shout out and say amen. amen. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Things that are eternal means they are permanent. And I'm confident that we want to see more permanent things in our life. How many is tired of things that fleet around in your life and it comes in and it goes out of your life? How many of you want more permanent things in your life? Amen. Look there, if you will, in verse number, chapter number 4 of 2 Corinthians and verse number 18. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Everyone say amen. amen. So right there we're going to find an answer. If we're wanting to find answers in our life, we've got to get our mind and our focus off of what we see out here. Because what we see out here don't last. But what we see in the heavenly realm, what we have existing in the heavenly realm, it is eternal. It's always there. You can always count on the natural, the supernatural realm. Amen. So the scripture clearly says to us that we should not be focusing on things that are seen. We need to start paying and putting more attention on the things that are unseen. Amen. 
The people in the church, they started paying a whole lot of attention on the things that were seen and the things that they saw. They began to put programs into effect to get more people into the seat and they began to neglect the things that was going on in the supernatural realm. And now we got a bunch of people that's in the church that's never had an experience with the Lord. But I want you to know right now, the sad reality of it is that there is a lot of us that are still looking out there in that realm that is in the natural realm when God is trying to change the focus of his church to the unseen realm. He's wanting us to start looking and paying attention to what's going on in the spiritual world. Amen. Our problem is, is we don't know what's up there. It's beginning to be very evident to me that not many Christians understand what is in the natural and what is in the supernatural realm. So we know about the seen realm. We can see all that, but we don't know a lot about the unseen realm. So tonight I want to go just a little bit deeper than that. And when we began to talk about the unseen, there's a lot of people, when you begin to talk about the unseen, they limit their scope and their focus. You can talk about angels, you can talk about God, you can talk about Satan, you can talk about demons, you can do all that there, and they're fine with that. But when you start talking about other things that's in the natural realm and the supernatural world, they have problems with it because our focus is limited. But once we began to understand what the scripture has to say about it, then it broadens out our focus. And as it broadens out our focus, we can begin to see that God can do anything in the, in the unseen and the seen realm. And we begin to see what avenues and what tools we have in the supernatural world to be able to bring them together so they'll break through in the natural world and manifest unto us. Are y'all following me tonight? Amen. So one thing we've got to do is we've got to learn how to identify the elements that are in the supernatural world. Once we identify what elements there is in the supernatural world, then we can learn how to put things together and make it manifest here on this earth. Now, we've done that in some areas, but we still limit God. So everyone just make this, this statement here tonight. Say, I will no longer limit God. So my eyes are going to be alert, my heart's going to be alert, my ears are going to be alert, I'm going to be open to the Lord to do whatever He wants to do, to use me in any type of way to get something to appear and to manifest here on this earth. We've been preaching about revival for a long time, we've been preaching about deliverance for a long time, we've been preaching about a mighty move of God for a long time, and I've always said it's already happened up in the heavenlies, but we have got to get things together in the heavenlies so it can break out into the natural, and the natural has a lot to do with what happens in the natural. You've got to be able to get in alignment with what God is doing in the supernatural to get it to break out in this area. Amen. So when we began to get a good understanding of these elements, all believers are going to begin to be promoted from one glory to the next glory and one glory to the next glory. And I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for the time that everybody in this church can go ahead and be promoted from one glory to another and get deeper with the Lord and walk in more power with the Lord and begin to get a greater understanding of what God is wanting to use in to do because whether you realize it or not you are here in this natural world but you live in the supernatural world as well you operate there in the heavenlies and you operate here at the same time in fact you're one of the only entities that God ever created that has the power to operate in the natural and the supernatural at the same time and God is wanting the church to begin to do that amen so when we begin to talk about the unseen world, we begin to see that our world is not only physical, there is a spiritual dimension to it. 
And when we began to see that spiritual dimension, we began to see that that spiritual dimension, uh, 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 I'm sorry, spiritual realm is in the realm where God is at, where the angels are at, where demons are at, and where other beings operate. And when we began to understand how they operate and how you can use them and how you have control over them, then you can begin to assign them to do certain things for you. There's a many angels that God has assigned you that is standing around waiting on you to release them. Oh, I'm going to say it again. There's a lot of angels standing around waiting on you to release them. There is angels that are, can bring healing to you that is waiting for you to release them. There are angels that can bring deliverance to your family that is waiting for you to release them. So God is wanting to teach us how to release them. Are y'all following me tonight? Amen. So we are already aware that the physical world came now and it came into existence from the spiritual world. What we have here was created by entities that there is in the spiritual world. So here we want to begin to see and account those spiritual beings and how they took things that were in the spiritual world and they brought it into the manifestation in the natural world so that we can do the same thing because you are made in the image of God and you are given the power of God. Genesis 1.26 says this, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Everybody say this, say, I have dominion over everything on the earth. Mm, boy, that's powerful. Amen. You are in control. Look at that right beside and say, I am supposed to be in control. Then he says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. And look at verse number 28. Look at it real good. Genesis 1, 28. It said, and God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the face of the earth. So you have authority and dominion over every living creature over the air. You've got power and authority over every creeping thing. You have power over fish in the sea. So you have authority over the air, over the earth, the dry land and over the sea. Amen. So it shows our different realms of life and it shows your different realm of your believing. Now, if I want to share with you some things that goes on, some of us may not know this, so I want to cover it. Go to Daniel chapter number 10 real quick and I want you to see what goes on when you begin to use this. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is praying in verse number one. It said, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was called Bethshashar. And the thing was true, but the thing appointed was long. And he understood the thing and he had understanding and vision. And in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So he was praying, how long? 21 days, amen. And in the fourth and the twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hittichel, then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz. His body also was like beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as the lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like the color of the polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quake fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and I saw this great vision and there remaineth no strength in me for my comeliness was turned into me into corruption and I retained no strength. 
Yet heard I not the voice, heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto you, and stand upright, for I unto thee am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Notice now, an angel now has appeared to Daniel, and he's been sent with a message from God. And he gives him strength, and in verse 12 he said... Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. So tell, look at your neighbor right beside me and say, the minute you began to pray, God answered your prayer, and angels were sent to bring it to you. Oh, y'all got to get that. Now, the minute you pray, God said, all right, Amen. The Bible said his promises are yes and amen. That means it's a double affirmative. They ain't no no. Wait a minute. Wait a while. God said if you pray his promise to him that he answers that prayer with a yes and an amen. You have that prayer answered. Everybody holler out and say amen. Give God some praise for his answered prayers to you. Our problem is, is we haven't learned how to get that answer from heaven down to earth. Now we're going to find out how to do that. It said, verse, verse, verse 30, he said, from, in verse 12, 13, in verse 12, he said, I've been uh, sent to you from the first day that you started to pray. Now here it is, 21 days later, I started coming to you. And in verse 13, he said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So here's what happened. When you began to pray, you are moving from the natural world into the heavenly world. And while you are there, you pray, God gives the answer, and he sends an angel to bring the answer to you. As the angel is dispatched from heaven to bring it to you, if we are not faithful enough and we don't stand in it strong enough, the devil comes to try to stop him from bringing that answer. And a lot of times, the, the enemy wins the battle in the heavenlies and it never comes to you. The reason why your prayers are not answered is because we don't give that angel enough of prayer covering to fight the devil. If it hadn't been for Daniel to keep right on praying, keep right on praying, then Gabriel would have never been able to call Michael and say, come help me out. So look at that right beside of you and say, your prayer's been answered. Don't stop praying and thanking him for it. It's on the way. Everybody holler out and say, it's on the way. Raise your hand and say, Lord, I know it's on the way. Now, see, that's spiritual warfare, and you got to understand the supernatural of that because your healing has already been released from heaven. The revival here in Living Water has already been released from heaven. Salvation has been released from heaven. Blaseboro has already been won and been released from heaven. I'm talking to the walls tonight, I reckon. We've already got the answer in heaven, but we got to learn how to manifest it here on this earth. So when Daniel prayed and he fasted, there was another battle going on in the unseen realm. And in that unseen realm, finally God used the power and the faith and, and, and the persistence of Daniel to be able to have Michael to uh, come and to help Gabriel fight so Gabriel could be replaced in that battle and come down and reveal it and these tools that we've got now in the heavenly realm are going to help us to master the, the realm of life that we are going to live in when we learn how to use it amen 
So there's a lot of things in the heavenly realm that we don't use. And I want to talk to you tonight. We know about angels. We know about the archangel. We've been talking about the sons of God. We've been talking about other things. We know about demons. We know about Jesus. We know about God. We know about the Holy Spirit. We know about the devils. We know about all that stuff. But there's some things that happen and that are going on in the spiritual world that we seem to miss. And I want to give you some elements tonight that should have justify and justify both. I can't even talk tonight. To give you a just in your, your faith to where you can go forward. The first thing I want to share with you is there are some things up in heaven that literally don't appear here in this world but it's there in the supernatural realm and it is a powerful entity in that world. The first thing that's in the heavenlies that we do not literally see is the blessing from God. There in the heavenlies there is a blessing. No one has ever seen the blessing of God, have they? Nobody's ever seen the blessing of God in tangible force. We've never seen the blessing show up with us, but that blessing does exist and it does bring great things. It has come in in people's life like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It has elevated them and made them to be so blessed in their generation that people literally envied them and wanted what they have. And the scripture put it this way in Genesis chapter 26. Look at it over there, if you will. Verse number 12 and 14. The Bible said that Isaac in that time, he sowed in that land and he received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great store of service and the Philistines envied him because there was a blessing on his life. There is a blessing in the heavenlies waiting for you. Amen. There is a blessing that has been given by God on your life. And that is so powerful. The Lord blessed Isaac with an unseen blessing. And it was there in his life. And in the middle of a famine, Isaac sowed. And God blessed him. And everything he sowed, he got a hundredfold back. And everybody began to envy him. Because there was a blessing from the supernatural realm on his life. And what he'd done here in the natural realm. I don't know about you, but I want the blessing of God on my life where everything I do in the natural realm is blessed by God. Amen. The Bible tells me in Deuteronomy chapter number 28 that everything you put your hand to will be blessed in the name of Jesus. We are going to receive that and we're going to walk in it. Amen. The Bible tells us that we are blessed. We're going to be blessed going in and we'll be blessed going out. The Bible says your basket is going to be blessed. The Bible says that your story is going to be blessed. The Bible says that your enemy will come to you one way and flee out from you seven different ways. We are blessed and we've got to learn to call that blessing down out of heaven and live that blessing began to fight what hell is trying to do in our life. If there's a spirit of infirmity in your life that is literally trying to make you sick, let the blessing of Almighty God take care of that. Amen. No wonder the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22 that the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. Amen. Look at your neighbor right beside and say, are you blessed? Ask him again say, I said, are you blessed? How many here tonight will hold out and give God a good amen that you bless? Well then why ain't you rich? Why ain't you rich? Are you rich? Would you say amen? 
We are rich. We're supposed to be living like we're rich. The blessing of the Lord maketh you rich and ain't no sovereign with it. God said, I'm going to give you the blessing. And I'm going to tell you, if there's anything that the house of God needs right now, with only a few days of diesel fuel and a little bit of food supply to them, we need the blessing of the Lord. We need the world to look at us and say, wait a minute, we can't go buy peppers and we can't go buy paper and we can't go buy food. But there you are over there inviting people over to your house and feeding everybody. How are you able to do that? The reason why I'm able to do it is everything I put my hand to, God turns it back to me a hundredfold. And when he does it, I'm calling what's in the heavenly down into the natural and I'm touching things together so that I can bless people. Everybody else is turning around, losing everything they got, but God is putting a blessing on me. And I want the world to start to get envious of living in water worship center and just how good we're blessed. Amen. Smile at that right beside me and say, I am blessed. That song says, I am blessed. I am blessed every day that I live, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed, I am blessed. It goes on, it says, in the sunshine and the rain, I'm blessed. Through every sorrow and every pain, I am blessed. It doesn't matter what hell is doing out there. We can walk in the blessing of the Holy Ghost. We can walk in the blessing of God. It is a tangible force in the supernatural realm. And God wants it to begin to be a tangible force here in this world. Amen. The blessing of God really does make you rich. I want God to bless me. Everybody hold both your hands up and say, Lord, pour it out on me. I need to overflow with your blessing right now. I have the blessing and you got the blessing too. Don't you wait to see that blessing to praise him for it. Don't you get your eyes on everything. You believe you got it. And the more you believe on it, that unseen element, and the more you believe it, the more that unseen element will start showing up in your life. And people will start saying, how in the world is Sheila walking around with money in her pocket? She's got more money in her pocket than she made this month. It's because God will bless you and everything you do, he'll send it back to you a hundredfold. Somebody needs to give God some praise, amen. But one thing we got to do is we got to press on in prayer so that we can manifest it more and more in our life. Because the blessing of God will do you good in Jesus' name. Oh, look at that right beside you. Say the blessing is going to do you good. Oh, everybody just turn around and look at them and say the blessing of God is going to do you good. Oh, everybody going to be losing their house and she's going to be bringing people into her house. People ain't going to be able to feed themselves and she's going to be able to feed the whole congregation and not have to worry about it. Ain't never going to have her in her pantry go empty. She ain't never going to have her bank account get low. God is going to bless you. The people be losing their life and literally losing their livelihood and God's going to turn around and bless the fund that your money is in. I want you to know my God said when I release the blessing on you everything that's supernatural will come down and manifest in the natural realm. And I don't know about you but I'm not worried about what's happening out there. I ain't got to participate in this recession. I ain't got to participate in no depression because I am a blessed individual of the one and only true living God and I'm going to live like I am blessed. Amen. Amen. Another thing that is in the natural realm and we see it manifest in the natural realm but we never lay our eyes on it is the favor of God. The favor of God is an unseen element. Amen. But those who enjoyed it did great exploits in their generation because God favored them. Oh look at that right beside me. Say, Did you know that you're God's favorite? Oh, I love this. Look at Betty over there and say, Betty, you might not be my favorite, but you're God's favorite. Amen. When somebody had the favor of God on their life, 
as the favor was on them and they enjoyed it. It did great things and they done some great exploits in their generation. So smile at that right beside and say, you're about to do some great things. Amen. For any man to be great in his generation, the element of favor has got to be required in their life. If you're going to win a position running into politics, you've got to have some favor from somewhere, amen, to win that position. Jesus even required the element of favor in his life to achieve his destiny. Without the favor of God, you're not going to be able to do what God wants you to do. In Luke chapter 2, verse 22, the Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. Everybody I say, I need favor. Now, you don't just need the favor of God. You need the favor of man. You see, the favor of God, when it comes together in the supernatural and it begins to manifest itself here in the natural realm, other people will give you their favor. You'll be put in the right place at the right time with the right people to get the right thing done in the right amount of time that God wants you to do it. God will do something for you. Everybody else will be losing their job and you'll get a promotion. Everybody else will be losing their car and you can go buy a brand new one. You can go out and somebody will pay $50,000 for a car and the favor God's got on your life, it'll move and it'll overflow onto the man that you're dealing with. And you'll walk out of there with a car with $20,000. I want you to know my God will cause things to happen because the favor of God will not only rest on you, it will splash out all over on you and man will look at you in favor and he will give it to you. Even Jesus, our Savior, increased in favor with both God and man. Look at your neighbor here today and say, I want to encourage you to increase in favor with God and with man. He needed that unseen element and that favor to fulfill his purpose here on this earth. And no one sees the favor with their own eyes, but you can tell when somebody is favored by the power of Almighty God. Amen. You can tell when the favor of God is on the life of people. You can tell when the favor of God is there. When they walk into a place, everybody's attention goes to them. If you can come into an area and make a splash and everybody know you're there, you got to better understand that the favor of God is on your life. Everybody out say, I need the favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord gave Jesus and his helpers, uh, the helpers he needed in ministry. So I'm praying here in Living Water Worship Center that the Lord will allow His favor to come through the heavenly realm upon living water so that we can get the helpers that we need in our ministry. Jesus just looked at some and said, follow me. Didn't tell them what they were going to follow. Didn't tell them what they had to do. And people that had businesses told them to lay down their business and went and followed Him because the favor of God was on their life, on His life. He gave him someone to help him carry his cross. How many of you here today need some people to help you carry your cross? God said the favor of the Lord will give you helpers around you to help you carry your cross. He'll put people around you to help you get the job done. He'll put it so everybody needs the favor of God and the favor of man. Everybody just holler out and say thank you for his favor. Amen. It was the favor of God that caused this woman to come in and had been saving this perfume all of her life. It was her life saving. It was going to be her wedding day gift to herself. And she came in and she anointed his body for burial with an alabaster jar of perfume. She gave up everything she had. She gave her whole life saving just so there was that she can literally say she did it to the Lord and she ministered unto the Lord. And it was the favor of God that caused her to give what was so precious to her. And I want you to know it'll be the favor of God that'll fill up this house. It'll be the favor of God that'll literally come in and cause people to give up their money to a ministry that'll go out and touch the world. Favor will give him what he needed in his life just like it will give you what you need in your life. Amen. 
It was the favor of God that caused Joseph to turn around and give him a tomb to be buried in. It's the favor of God that made sure that he was going to be buried. Amen. Mary could not qualify to be the mother of our Savior until she received and qualified for the favor of the Lord. The Bible says, when Lord, I say, you are highly favored. You are highly favored. I want you to slap that right beside of you and say, you are highly favored in the name of Jesus. You see, there is a certain level of favor required for you to operate at a certain level and position in your life. And if you're going to operate in the supernatural, you're going to have to have the favor of God on your life. And there is a different level of each one of the blessings of God. And there is a different level of each one of the favor of God. And I don't know about you, Betty, but I don't want just a kindergarten favor from the Lord. I want a college degree from the Lord. I want a lifetime degree. With the Lord. Graduate me from one grade to the next grade. I want every bit of the blessing and every bit of the flavor that I can have from Almighty God. Amen. So let's watch this verse. Look at Luke 128. I'll look at it again. Look there real quick. I want you to watch this verse as you unravel the mystery of the unseen element of high favor. As he spoke there to, to, uh, to, to Mary, he said, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. You can't be favored by the Lord without a blessing. That's right. You're going to have the blessing that comes from the supernatural along with the favor. Yes. Notice there, the, excuse me, the Bible says she was highly favored. Yes. Oh, smile at your neighbor right beside me and say, did you know I was highly favored? Everybody say, I'm highly favored. Look at the neighbor right beside me. I said, you're highly favored. The angel said she was highly favored. That high favor made her blessed among women. That high favor began to work in her life. See that their high favor began to work in her life. It elevated her above every woman that there was on the face of this earth. There are different levels of favor and there are different levels of God's blessing. And that favor that we need in this house is the high favor of Almighty God. Amen. Oh, just raise your hands up and say, Lord, pour out your high favor on us. We'll use it for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. How many glad you come to church tonight? Amen. Yeah, amen. Tell your neighbor right beside say, don't, don't you ever get satisfied on your level of favor. In other words, you need to be diligent in prayer and you need to begin to walk in the higher realms of favor. You need to look at it and say, hey, that ain't good enough. Yeah, I'm happy with just a little bit of money, but Lord, I want to have everything. There was an old song many years ago that said, just build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. The first time I heard it, I said, I ain't going to never sing that song. I don't want just to get the glory land and I don't want no cabin. Give me that mansion that God's got ready for me. Give me everything that God has for me. That there is mine and I want it. It's just like they say, what is it over there, J.G.? Wentworth is mine, so give it to me now. I want it right now. Look at somebody and say, you're highly favored now. We're going to have it all in the name of Jesus. And you got to press through in prayer because the angels is going to come and bring you that favor. So you got to fight for it. you got to stand for it. you got to fast for it. And you got to pray for it. Boy, I'm preaching a whole lot better than some of y'all are saying anything tonight. Amen. So don't you ever get satisfied with the level of favor that God's got on your life. Keep right on praying. Push that right beside me and say, keep right on praying. So let's learn a little bit more about some stuff. There's some unseen elements in the, the natural world. You don't see them in the unnatural world. I'm sorry, the unseen world. And, and you don't see them, but you hear them here in this world. And that element is words. Everybody say words. Words are powerful. Oh, they got so much power on them. They exist in the, in the, natural, in the, in the supernatural world. 
They literally are entities in that world. When God released his word, it goes out and it performs its purpose. It works. Everybody say it's a working word. When you release it, it goes to work. When you say, I'm rich and highly favored, you just release a blessing from the Lord on you and that word has left your mouth and it's going out there into the spiritual world and it's working and it'll keep right on working and keep right on working and keep right on working. It will not return to you void because you have released it and you have sent it out by the power of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says ask and you'll receive. Amen. That word literally means keep on asking, ask and keep on asking. Maybe do this on your paper here tonight. Write down the word ask and then write down the word asking. And then as you look at the word asking, break it down into two words that it is. What does it say? As king. Ask and ask like a king. What does a king do? A king decrees it. Says this is the way it's going to be. In other words, I'm going to walk in the high favor of Almighty God. I'm not falling down for your stupid tricks, devil. I ain't going to fall down and lose what I've got. God's already gave it to me. He's given me the favor for it. I'm going to operate. I'm going to steward it. I'm going to maintain it. And I'm going to be walking in the glory of Almighty God. And when God needs somebody to open up their pocket to help somebody, I'm going to have it because God's going to bless me and give me the favor to be able to do so. Are y'all with me here tonight? Amen. Words can't be seen, but their effects are unimaginable. I want you to know, I want you to look at Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the term. Turn to your neighbor right beside and say, there's so much power in your mouth. I'm scared of you sometimes. I literally shudder sometimes when I hear some of y'all talk. Amen. I rebuke you immediately when you say it. And a lot of other times, I can be in total 100% agreement with you. And I can stand up and say, yep, that's exactly why. If if Darlene's going to walk in here and say, I'm rich in the name of Jesus, I'll be right behind her. Amen. But when she walks in and she says, nobody understands nothing I'm going through, how dry I am, loom, despair, and agony on me. That's why I want to rebuke that devil off of her because all she's doing is releasing things and she's doing it as a king. And when you release it, it's a decree and the king is the only one that can pull back the decree. So we need to stand for that. So your tongue produces words and they carry life and death to you. Your world, your life is a direct result for how you've been talking. I'm sick. Well, that's what you want to say. Oh, my Lord, I, I wish I could get it. I've probably on that a long time. We have not realized the power of this great element in the unseen world. We have not understood how much power there is in a word. God said, let there be light and created this world. That's how much power that there is in your world and in your tongue. Words are so powerful. Jesus spoke to them and he spoke to them to dead people. He talked to dead people. And, and listen to this over in, in this verse right here. I want you to turn to John chapter number 11 and we're going to look at verse 41 through 44. It said they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I say it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. 
He talked to the dead people. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about him with a napkin. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. There is so much power in your words. You can even talk to things that are dead. Jesus did it. Somebody needs to say amen with that. We've got to understand the power of that unseen element of the words. For by those words is the world's created. God said it was my words that created and holds this world together. And you are in the image of God. And it is your words that has created your world and holds your world together. Oh, Lord, did you get that? Amen. It's in your words that created what you're in right now. Amen. The words of Jesus stopped the wind. The words of Jesus brought someone out of the deathbed. The words of Jesus brought people out and were healed them. I want you to know you've got to understand that. And I want to tell you tonight, may your words always produce great and massive results in the realm of the physical and in the supernatural in the name of Jesus. May you learn how to talk. I want you to slap that right beside me and say, you ain't a baby no more. You can't even know how to talk now, amen. I wish I could preach a message just on that. Amen. One day the wind was growing and it was raging and it was literally out there and it was sent to kill Jesus. We preached about that this morning. His disciple, he was asleep with them and Jesus got up and he spoke to the wind. Push that right beside him and say, when are you going to start talking to the wind? You got power to talk to the winds. I want you to know right now, a couple of years ago, there was a hurricane off the coast of North Carolina and it had 145 mile an hour winds and it was strengthening and it was coming right up. It was called Florence. And everybody thought, oh, it was going trouble. It was going. And we got on the telephone and we began to talk to people, sending out things to break through the intercession. So we need to pray and turn this thing around or slow it down. And in one hour, it turned from 145 miles an hour to 115. If it would have hit us at 145 miles an hour, we wouldn't have had a city here in Bladesboro, but my God, by the power that he is in the words of his servant, slowed that hurricane down. you got the power to speak to the wind, and God is ready for you to begin to move in those elements. Amen. Amen. Everybody knows that story. We talked about it this morning. And the same uh, turn around there. Jesus spoke to the wind and it came down. He spoke to the waves and he told them. to. So your words can literally tame circumstances against you in the name of Jesus Christ. When all hell is coming against you, you can put a stop to it simply by saying no more in the name of Jesus. You got power in your words. Oh my God, can I help anybody tonight? Amen. Then I want to talk to you about another element that we don't see, but it's in the unseen realm. It's called power. Everybody say power. power. The power of God can't be literally seen with your natural eyes, but the effects of his power are still a mystery to many people, but it still can be seen. Jesus made us know that we'll have the power of God on our life after the Holy Ghost has come upon us. How many's got the Holy Ghost here tonight? Will you shout out Amen then you got the power of God in your life. Amen. Amen. Look at that right beside him and say, you got the power of God in your life. Amen. <laughs> in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, this is how Jesus put it. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The power of God is not really seen with your eyes. It's an unseen element. But the reality of it is that the power of God is present with us. We got the power. Everybody holler out and say, we got the power. 
the power of God is still healing the sick today. Amen. The power of God is still cleansing the lepers today. Someone shout out and say amen. The power of God is still raising the dead. It's still casting out devils. It's still coming down and blessing God's people. It's still delivering us out of the hell of the power. I want you to know right now the power of God may not be seen by your eyes, but the results of it are so tangible that even hell knows that you got the power of God in your life. The anointing of the Lord, you can't see it, but you know when somebody's anointed, amen. The Bible said he gave power in this manner in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. He said, and when he called unto his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of diseases and all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. I want you to smile at that person right beside me and say, I got all power in the name of Jesus. Listen what he said there. He said, I called my twelve disciples and I gave you power against unclean spirits. Look at your neighbor and say, I got power against unclean spirits. Mm, look at another one over there and say, you got power to cast them out. Mm, we, don't like to, we don't like to move. But also we got power to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Oh, I'll be so glad when this church begins to see the power of God in the supernatural realm and get it together where to be unified to it a manifest here in this world so there ain't no sickness to be able to walk through that door and walk out of here the same way. It can. I believe that this church has got the power of Almighty God and we're going to begin to move and manifest in that and hell ain't going to be able to deal with us because we got the favor, the blessing, and our words and the power of God behind us. Smile at somebody and say, Lord, done it all for me in the name of Jesus. Oh, we ought to be praising the Lord tonight. Amen. So, when he gave them the power, Chris, nothing really seemed to happen at that point. Nothing physical transpired to them. The only thing that transpired was words. Jesus said, I give you power. Words were transferred. Jesus gave a word. Nothing happened physically. He told him over there in Matthew 10 he said, go heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, raise the dead, cast out devils, because freely you have received and freely you'll give. It was the words that was given to them. The result of the word being given to them was a supernatural element of power was literally littered all the way through the Bible from that point on to where the power of God was so powerful on these people's lives that they walked by people and the shadow that was on them hit people that were sick and they got up out of their deathbeds. Amen. The, the, the disciples came out one day and they began to testify about that power. In Luke chapter number 10, verse 17, they said this, that 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. The devil can't do nothing in your life because you are got authority over them and they are subject to you. Everybody said they're subject to me. If they're subject to you, that means you can make them devils do what they have to do. Amen. And if you walk in the power in the name of Jesus Christ, that power is in you. Look at that right beside you. Say, I got that power. Mm, now the point is, are you going to walk in it? God promises it to you. And if you're not walking in it, or you're not walking in it, or you're walking in limited levels of that power, it's time for you to go into prayer, start fasting, and literally get impressed through to where you can get that power in your life. Why? Because it's available unto you. It is there for you. God has it in the natural, in the supernatural world for you so that you can bring it into the natural world. You have the power of God in your life. Somebody needs to give God some praise. 
Then he looked at him and he said in verse 19 in Luke chapter 10, he said, look, behold, he said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents. I give unto you power to tread on scorpions. And I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, slap that beside me. So what you worried about? Oh, the church is so worried about stuff. But we don't need to be worried about that because the Bible says that we have power over all the power of the enemy. The devil ain't nothing when it comes to us if we begin to walk in this power. So I'm sure that you're now seeing there's a lot of elements that there is in the supernatural world and we begin to take them for granted. Amen. Let me give you two more. Number one, righteousness. We don't think about that a whole lot, do we? Righteousness is right standing before God. I would take righteousness above any of what I've mentioned yet before. Because it's the righteousness that God gives us in the supernatural world that gives us the ability to stand before God without any sense of guilt in our life. We stand before God and we have boldness to stand before God and approach God. And by His spiritual grace, by His special grace, that element in the unseen realm is a gift unto us. God has given us His righteousness. We are in right standing with the Lord. God is happy with us. Push that beside of you and say, God is happy with you. I take that above anything. Amen. Romans 5, 17, put it like this. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. If you don't have the gift of righteousness, you're not going to reign in this life. I've got to be in right standing with the Lord. Am I helping anybody? Amen. If you ain't right standing with the Lord, all these other things that's up there in the spiritual world we've been talking about, you ain't going to be able to manifest them. But if you can get the gift of righteousness, right standing with God, then all of this other stuff we've been talking about will come to you, fall into you, just like they need to be. Amen? Look at somebody here beside say, do you have the gift of righteousness? If you don't have the gift of righteousness, you need to get it tonight. Amen? Raise your hands up right quick and say, Lord, I want the gift of righteousness. Show me what it means to be in right standing with you. You are in right standing with the Lord. That means you can walk into his presence. You can walk into him and not feel any guilt. You can let him know exactly what the problem is. You are in right standing with the Lord. He is your God. You are his servant. And you are a primary member of his family. You need to walk in to get there. That's a powerful element. And that powerful element allows you to step into the presence of God at any time. Because it's a gift from God. Glory to God. It is a gift from God that allows you in right standing to stand there. That's how you receive that gift and you receive what God's got for you in the natural world in the supernatural world. Just believe and confess that Jesus is the Lord's Savior and He has brought all your pain for your righteousness and you receive it by faith which is another unseen element. Look at somebody say faith. i got to have faith too. Amen. So I want you to see how your righteousness is a gift. It's not of your works. God is merciful to us. Everybody needs to say amen. God is happy with us. Everybody is hot. I say God is happy with us. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, he is happy with us. And he gives us the gift of righteousness. In Romans 3, 21 through 22, he says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. How we have neglected this powerful element of the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. If we can never understand our position with God, then we can walk and sit right beside God and say, Look, y'all, 
the God the devil's trying to act up in my child's life and I ain't having it. You take care of it and he will handle it in the name of Jesus. Somebody give God a good hand clap of praise. Let me give you one last little element tonight. Faith. Everybody say faith. Can't see faith. Don't. That element is unseen. But by faith, the elders obtained a good report. It is by faith that you obtain a good report. The Bible makes us understand that by this element, those who have gone on before us obtain good reports. And now in order for you to obtain a good report, you got to have some faith. You got to give heed to and cultivate this very powerful element that God has given you in the unseen realm called faith. Hebrews 11, 1, 2, 2 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. The, thing, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Let's flip that around. I'm going to do it one more time so everybody can get it. You may have a desire, but not have faith. How many of you here today wants to be a billionaire? Let me see your hand. And if you don't raise your hand, I'm going to throw you with this microphone. Everybody wants to be a billionaire, don't we? That's a desire. We have a desire to be a billionaire. A billionaire. But many of us are not a billionaire, amen? You see, you can have a desire and not have faith. In fact, you can have a desire and not have hope. Because desire mixed with an expectation creates hope. So if you really want to be a billionaire, how many of you want to be a billionaire? Would you say amen? Raise your hand up, hold it up real high. You desire to do that, you got to start expecting that you're going to become a billionaire. How many of us really expect that we're going to become a billionaire? Oh, I got one a couple of them. Is anybody else expecting that you're going to be a billionaire? Yeah. Then you'll never have any faith. I'm here to tell you now, you can have a desire and not have any expectation with it and you'll never have hope. So you can want something all you want to, but until you start expecting it, you're never going to have any hope. You can desire that woman as your wife, but if you never expect to have her as your wife, you'll never have her as your wife. You can desire to have that brand new car all day long, but if you never get ready and expect to have it, you'll never have it. That's the reason why you start saving some money so you can buy it because you expect to be able to buy it. But you can also have a desire mixed with your expectation which makes hope, but then not have faith. How many of you hope that you can be a billionaire? You have a desire and you expect to be. But where is your faith at to be that? The Bible says that faith is the evidence of something that ain't seen. So now it's the evidence of your hope. That means that you are a billionaire. And you start acting like you're a billionaire. What do billionaires do? They give away money. They open up companies. They hire people. They get out there and they run things. They take care of things. They create products. They redistribute products. They come in and they grow up companies. They buy other companies. They step out there and they begin to act like that. they're billionaires. They got the money behind them to back them up. Are y'all following me now? So the minute you have a desire mixed with the expectation, you create hope. And when you take hope and mix it with action, that's when you have faith. 
You got me now. I'm going to say it again. You can have a desire. You mix it with expectation. You create a hope. The minute you take your hope and you mix it with action, that's when you have faith. And in Hebrews chapter number 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's right. That word please there means to be in alignment with God. So if you have a desire mixed with expectation, you've created hope, and now you're acting like you have it, you are up under an alignment with God, and God says, when you have faith, then I will bless you, and I'll pour out a blessing on you you will not be able to handle. Amen. The blessing that's up in the heavens has your billion dollars already. Amen. Turn your neighbor out beside and say, I am a billionaire. Am you might not be walking in, in this natural world right now, but you are a billionaire. The only problem is you've got to learn how to get it from up here into here. And the way you start doing that is you start acting like you got it. Amen. I fight every day and people know I do. I fight every day in my body because my body tells me that I can't go any further. And I get up and I keep right on walking because I know and I believe that God heals me every day. Now doctors tell me I don't even know how you're walking. I don't know how you're handling everything you're going through. I don't know how to go. You can't be depressed and walk through life with all that pain in your hand. And I know one thing every time I step forth in the action of Almighty God, put my faith there. Something happens where the blessing and the favor of God comes on me. And I can do just as much now as some people that are younger than I am 20 years ago. And I can outwork some of these little teenagers out there right now when I get ready. Now I might pay for it tomorrow, but I can sure do it today. Amen. So you gotta have some faith. Look at that right beside and say, faith is unseen, but it's real. Amen. Romans 1 17 says it like this. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So righteousness also is on a glory to glory phrase, a range, a level to level. The Bible says that there is a level of faith. You can have more faith and less faith. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Hmm. Hear that statement. The just shall live by faith. We don't live by our desires. Well, if I had what I wanted, then I'd go do this. We don't live that way. We don't live by our expectations. Well, I'm expecting this to show up at 1 o'clock. So when it shows up at 1 o'clock, then I'll go do what I need to do. We don't live that way. Amen? Not supposed to. We began to put our action in place. And we take our action, our desire, and our expectation is created hope and put the action together. And in that faith, as the more we do that, we graduate from one faith to the next faith. And then we graduate at the righteousness of God with us. And as we go into the throne room of God in a right relationship with the Lord, we say, okay, Lord, now I've told everybody out there, live in the water, I'm a billionaire. And you're going to have to show them I'm a billionaire. You got me now? Amen. I'm preaching pretty good tonight. Without this same element, it's impossible to please God. You can't have it. I want you to hear from the Word of God. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and I'll close real quick. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God has got to believe He is. And he, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So, there is a blessing from God waiting for you. Smile at somebody say it's waiting for you. There is the favor of God and the favor of man waiting for you. Someone say amen. amen. Say it is released by my words. Mm, Y'all with me now? And it is given to me because of my righteousness. 
and it manifests to me by my faith. Oh, y'all got it tonight. Amen. Smile at that right beside and say, I'm ready to use the unseen world for me. Mm. So as I close tonight, God wants me to make more and more real to you what's in the supernatural for you. God is tired of a church that is beat down, broken down, busted, disgusted, depressed, oppressed, worried about this, giving in to every little teeny thing that breaks themselves down out there and letting hell run in their life. It is time for the church to rise up in its own righteousness. It is time for the church to rise up in the word of God. The words of God are powerful and it's time to release it in our life. Amen. If you're with me tonight, I want you to just give God a good hand clap of praise. Amen.